Welcome back. Welcome back to Pop Opinion. Pop Opinions. Episode 61. Yep. I know. I remembered. That is good. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. We also have a very special guest. Very special guest today. Known movie watcher, <laughs> Meg. Meg Hi. is joining us. So s- Meg watches nothing. I think before like this in the last, like before a month ago, I think she'd seen about five movies. Mm-hmm. She didn't watch TV. She's just not, she's just not like that. So since her knee injury, which everyone knows about, um, she has decided and she's taking her acting classes. So she's decided to start using this time to see what is out there. Yeah. And I got a big TV in my room now, so... Thanks to Uncle Tyler. (laughs) Shout out. Yeah, so I've started watching stuff. I just had to find my purpose to watch stuff. Like, I don't watch it for entertainment. I just analyze the acting. Super fun. (laughs) That does not... Like, I still... Every time I hear that, I understand why you don't watch stuff now. Because, to me, that wouldn't be enjoyable. That would be like me watching a hockey game and analyzing how they're striding or how they're passing that's what i find fun (laughs) (laughs) she's a she's an interesting one so we've been to the movies three times three three i think oh sorry you've gone i've gone three sorry you've gone two two for three yeah and you've watched a couple tv shows so Mm -hmm. dive in tell us what you've been watching I watched Squid Game. Okay. Is my mic really quiet? Uh, I, I think, think you're, you're quiet. just really quiet. I'm trying to talk loud and close to it. Can you hear me? I can hear you, can but hear you are you. quiet. Yeah, just compared oh. to us. Okay. Um, yeah, I watched Squid Game, okay. which I really enjoyed. I'm not going to spoil anything or No, but anything. you watched, ten, that's 10 episodes. Is it? I think so. It's pretty. Probably. Yeah, you're right. Most I think Netflix it is. Nine series are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you enjoy the Squid Game? Yes, okay. I did. I didn't like the gore. Okay. No, I hate gore. But you can see past it for the concept and the storyline. I mean, it's obviously really deep and has a big meaning behind it, which I liked. And apparently the creator of it has been denied it for like 10 years or something, yeah. right? Or 20 or something yeah. crazy. So he clearly really believed in this project, which I liked. And yeah, the ending, I wasn't a huge fan of the last episode. I just felt like it was too much and they tried to do too much and it just got messy. They mm. should have just ended it on a stronger note. Right. Um, so I did a poll on my story and asked if people liked the ending and most said not really. Mm. They, But it, it's, it doesn't ruin the series at all. It's more just like I was a little disappointed. Right, right. Like not, you can get past it because yeah. you're like, okay, well. And will you be watching that, Jack? Um, I was definitely a lot more interested a few weeks ago. I feel like my interest is tapered off more i there's just other shows i would rather watch like i still have to watch um the amazon one that came back that you're i can't think yellowstone yellowstone i haven't watched yet um still watching ted lasso i think i'm or like past you now because i couldn't believe that i was like no don't go past me there's like a pretty big plot thing that happens in it that you didn't say so i assume you hadn't i haven't seen seen it okay um yeah i don't know especially they're bringing it back for season two so clearly Mm -hmm, it's a story that that has worked but to me it kind of feels like something that it could be looked at as a fad that it had Mm -hmm. these really big couple weeks and like a tiger king (laughs) <laughs> but even yeah even that they're bringing back yeah i'm not that excited for that either oh, i don't think i'm gonna watch it i'm, I'm like, good with what i watched there's I just I you're gonna see chaos. it yeah. yeah there's just a lot of shows out there and 
for me, it's good for us because you get to be picky about the shows you watch. If you don't like something right away, you could just switch to something else. Yeah. And I think I just have more shows ahead of it right now. Right. Yeah, and I think that was what made me kind of not really like the ending as much is because they've left it open, which I don't think obviously at the time they knew there would be. Right. A season right. two, I guess. But like just leaving it open ended, like I feel like it was a strong story. It was a cool concept and it should have just been one really good season yeah when they, when they try and stretch things out it just kind of it's kind of a bummer right mm-hmm. like even i think 13 reasons why the first season of that show was so well done and for it being an unrealistic story about mm-hmm. high school it was still good it was still entertaining and it was pretty wild and i think they've done like three or four seasons that's like stranger things like some of them some of these shows they just need to know when to like call it like just be like that's good like ted lasso is saying like this next season is their last season and they oh my goodness sorry did he just what did he say there's no loyalty there's no loyalty he wants to be part of it sorry (laughs) dad he's just screaming in the other room (laughs) listening to us um okay and then you watched the morning show yeah which i really liked i thought just the first season so far yeah i've watched two of the second season yeah, I loved it just because it touched on, like, a lot of big topics, especially in the last few years with, like, the Me Too movement and everything. And I thought they did Steve Carell's character really well just because, obviously, he's a huge jerk in the show. But I thought there were moments that, like, I don't know, you could understand where he's coming from even though he's terrible. Like, you know? They, right. I feel like, like they, they hu- did it well. They, they made him human. It's not yes. like he's this monster. Yeah that you think he's going to be. And I think it's nice to see Jennifer Aniston in this role mm-hmm. where she is not friends character. And you can see the girl has got acting chops. Like yeah. she oh, is yeah. a she's great. great actress. And I think she's been overlooked because of her whatever. Um, yeah. And public same with life Reese, and of course. And um, what's the guy's name that I'm obsessed with? Oh, that won an um, award? yeah. Two Billy, plus? Billy oh. Crudup. He's a genius. In he that show. is so good in that show. He's probably my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I called it last year. I think it was either the Golden Globes, or the Emmys, and I was like, he should win, right? Because he was just—it's the one of the best acting mm-hmm. jobs I've seen in a really long time. Like yeah. he's so good. Yeah, he's really unique. So that was great. Still watching that. Yeah, and yeah. then it seems oh. like it seems like a show that is perfect for you because it seems like a lot of top-notch actors. Mm-hmm. That it it feels like a show, at least for me, looking on, on the outside looking in, that it's about because it's about a tv station yes yes but it feels like that's not the important part they use that as the this is going to get you in the building now watch what happens with the dynamics of yeah. camera talent producers and it, it it just seemed like actors really almost like a movie yeah like yeah. especially the big names and that's what's cool about tv now is that we we don't have to go Oh, well, they'll never do a TV show. Right. Like, I know there's some people out there, like, I I doubt we see Leonardo DiCaprio on a Netflix series, but, like, it seems like most people don't see, don't scoff at TV anymore. Right. I think TV is better than movies right now. Personally, like, I think you're getting, you're just getting some really great content. And I love the limited series thing, right? Because then people aren't committed to uh like oh i have to do the season to season it's a limited series i go in it's like a big movie almost and you you know you can really you can really 
like sink your teeth into it right of the characters so I feel like each episode is good because mm-hmm. it's limited yeah so they really put time into each episode and I agree with that I felt like because I don't like watching the news or anything I thought oh this show like how am I going to like this show if that's kind of the main concept of it but yeah it's more about the people which I think is cool and how it all runs and how the it's a lot of me too stuff and just the dynamics and how they need to change. It's, yeah. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Then we all went to see Dune mm-hmm. in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason we went to see Dune, Meg, was... Because Timothy's in it. Yes. I was well, going to say the sci-fi that Meg loves. Yeah, and Meg, Meg De- loves sci-fi. Denny yeah. Villeneuve. We got to support a Canadian. Yes. Yeah, when... Um, my friend was like, oh, I don't, because I invited her. And she's like, oh, I don't really want to come. Like, I don't like sci-fi. I'm like, oh, is it sci-fi? I don't <laughs> even know. Did you even, did like, did you watch the trailer before? No, I didn't know anything about she it. She knew that Timothy was in it. So I just went. <laughs> so she was like, yes, I'm in. And she's pretty down to do anything now. So, right. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, anything to get me out of the house. But did you enjoy Dune? Yes, I actually really loved it. Yeah. It was and I saw in an interview, he said that it's one of those movies you should see in theaters. And I agree. It was really good. Oh, it was theater. great. We all went. That was like kind of our first movie back, right? Since the pandemic. Uh, For me, anyways, that was. I think so. I'm pretty sure. And just to be back in the theater and the sound and the whatever. I mean, we are very close to the screen because of where Meg has to sit. But <laughs> it was... Um, It was still like just it just made me so happy. Like I was like, oh, we're back in theaters like this is so fun. Right. Yeah, I thought the movie was super well done just because it's not even usually not that I really have much of a genre, but it probably wouldn't be something I would watch. And I thought it was really entertaining. Yeah. And the music. Remember, we said the music music really great. Yeah. Yeah. Hans Zimmer, who there's if if there's good, actually, pretty much any of these big movies have probably about four different composers that are really good. Like there's John Williams, there's Hans Zimmer. There's uh, the guy that did Game of Thrones that I can't remember his name now. It's like Regine something. Okay. Like there's Danny there's Elfman. a select few. <laughs> yeah. Elfman, yeah. I didn't know that um, he did that movie. Who? Hans Zimmer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did yeah. Dune? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that's, prob- that's yes. why then. I didn't even know that. Yeah. He's, he did The Dark Knight. It's like no research. Right? She just is like, I'm in. Let's yeah. go. No, it's a really well done movie. It's got that kind of star warsy sort of like i don't know like it's it was w- really well done and mm-hmm. there's clearly gonna be a, a dune too which yeah. we already i guess a whole book series right yeah so. so it'll be pretty cool to see now right yeah how they go forward but i thought it was really well done great cast i was gonna say the the superstarness of this cast were like jason momoa oscar isaac and uh josh brolin are in it mm-hmm they are definitely not main characters. No, no. But then there's still, and then Javier Bardem. Yeah. Again, side characters. And they have not in it that much, but. Like 10 minutes. Still. <laughs> yeah. Still I think supposed to be in the later ones more. Yeah. 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 We've kind of, it, it did a good job. A lot of people, I don't think a lot of people knew there was going to be more than one. Going into it, I knew, I had assumed it was a three-part series. Right. I, I don't know if there's more than two, but. You could tell this isn't the story. Like, there is a lot more to tell yeah. with what's going on. Yeah, for sure. And I like the way when it ended, you knew it was going to be a t- completely different movie than what we just saw. Like, it's it's opening up a whole new world. So, it's pretty cool. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson was the one who played the mom. Was I mean, she's incredible. I'm mm-hmm. so obsessed with her. I think she's just incredible yeah incredible actress yeah she's really good yeah she was good and then we went to see the french dispatch i actually didn't know this i yeah. didn't know you went to go see it we did on sunday mm-hmm. we kind of like told Wes you we Anderson. were <laughs> yeah 
We love Wes Anderson. And so we went to see this again, stack cast, um, quirky, weird movies, which mm-hmm. we're kind of into. So I want to see more with Adrian Brody. Is that who? Yeah. Because right? I follow him on Instagram and I see he's like, I don't know. I just think he's really cool. I'd like to watch more with him. It's it's hard for Adrian Brody because he is a very talented actor, but he doesn't have that many credits. Mm. Be- I don't know if people said he's hard to work with or if he's just very selective. Yeah. But he isn't in as much as you would as because even one of the movie challenge we did was like an uh, the pianist I think yeah mm. is Adrian Brody it is like a painful movie like it's it's really well done really well it, done but he's wow. really good and it's just so hard to watch and for me Adrian Brody is that or he's in Wes Anderson movies those are like his mm. two options maybe he's like weird kind of like yeah. in a good way though yeah we love weird yeah, yeah. like Wes Anderson you can. I, I bet if you pull up the cast list right now, I could probably name 10 people that are in the movie because right. Wes Anderson just keeps reusing, not I'll say reusing, but he keeps recasting the same people. Yes, because that's who he works well with and mm-hmm. they get him. So why wouldn't you, right? Mm-hmm. But And it works. Like I can see Ed Norton in a French dispatch and not think of Moonrise Kingdom character. Like I, he's somehow... Or a Grand Budapest mm-hmm. Hotel. Right. Like he just, he has that way about him, right? That's such a good movie. Moonrise Kingdom. I know. It's one of my faves for sure. Yeah. So what else is on the docket for you coming up? There you, s- you just said you started Nurse Ratchet. Yeah. I just or is it just called Ratchet? Just ra- just I think Ratchet. it's just called Ratchet, but oh, okay. it's about Nurse Ratchet from The Shining. Yeah. 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 So that was cool. The colors are beautiful. It's beautifully shot. You also I love Sarah Paulson. Love her. Yeah. yeah. I'm obsessed. Um, yeah. I wanted to start Made. Not sure if I'm going to like it or not. I loved Made. Like, I loved it. I think the girl, uh, her name's Margaret Qualley, and her mom in real, life? in real life plays her mom in the in this, and she plays, like, a bipolar, like, artist. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to be careful with those because you don't want it to be too over the top. But yeah, I thought she played stigmatized it brilliantly. And um, I don't know. It's, it's very realistic to what it would probably be like of everything she goes through, and they mm-hmm. don't make it, like, this, like, oh, look, she went – like sugar-coated yeah like it's it's yeah I can't really say much because I don't want to ruin it for you but it is um I really enjoyed it it is it is I wouldn't say it's slower but it's definitely a a slower pace than say something like the morning show or Mm -hmm. squid game like it's it's something more you kind of you really get into them like I actually miss her as a character like Mm -hmm. I was sad when it was over one of those where I was like oh and the little girl who plays like her daughter, wow, she's got to be three or four or something, and she's so incredible. So, I really liked it. But yeah, that's yeah. kind of on my list. Nice going forward. Uh, well, do you have women. more? Do you have more movies <laughs> that you're gonna watch? Little Women. Yeah, we were gonna watch that last night. Mm-hmm. But so basically, we're on a Chalamet. <laughs> watch all of his credits. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's so we watched Beautiful Boy. We watched Beautiful that Boy. That was amazing. Steve Carell. Oh my amazing. god. Yeah, I, I that one missed. Like I missed that one. I don't know why I didn't watch it ever. Really? It, when it first came out. No. We I didn't. like we talked about it for a while. Like we wanted to go and see it, but I don't. I I know we didn't go to see it, but it, when it was available on Prime, I, I definitely yeah. I had to watch it especially because I just wanted to see the dynamics of Chalamet and Steve oh, Carell yeah. together. It's oh, incredible. It so really, really good. Yeah, the scene in the diner is, like, so heart-wrenching. Yeah. So good. He's really good. Timothy Chalamet mm-hmm. is a good... What was the other one we were going to watch, though, with him in it as well? I was going to say, I hope Grand Budapest Hotel is on this list. I think you've seen that, though, haven't you? Oh, you haven't? Oh. 
That there is you go. definitely is that's not Chalamet though, is it? I don't think it is Chalamet. It's, so this is first Wes Anderson movie. Again, I was just thinking yeah. here in a Wes Anderson. I, I would definitely suggest a Wes Anderson tear. Uh, Grand Budapest is probably the best one, in my opinion. Yeah. I would say Rushmore. I don't know. Well, again, if you like one Wes Anderson movie, you kind of like all of them. Yeah. R- yeah. Rushmore is my favorite. He looks favorite. younger than I was expecting. Yeah. He lo- doesn't it's, look Was he married to Sofia Coppola? Um, I can Google that. I, I don't remember. I don't know. I don't think... interesting to... Date. Yeah, but some people they say the madness is all in their art, and they end up being just like the most normal people. That's cool though. I love that. Can you imagine just being like a regular, like I just go to the grocery store and I come home and I watch TV. But then when I go to work, I'm like, you know, get to get all those creative outlets out. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. All right. Well, anything else from uh, what is this is our new segment called um, What's Meg Watched? Yeah. So uh, sh- I just I'll throw in my suggestion before because I know you said The Dark Knight. I've Are you that. going? You have seen it? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. The whole thing? <laughs> yes. See? And she lies, you guys. So <laughs> when we ask her things, so we'll be like, did you see it? And she'll be like, yeah, it's really good. And we'll be like, did you really see it? No. No. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what yeah. is, what is, so. So you want it, her to watch The Dark Knight? I do. I mean, if you have already, I feel like it. you just, the the movie itself deserves you to watch the whole thing. Yeah. I think so too. For Be- Heath Ledger. I listen to the g- soundtrack in my car when I'm driving. That is <laughs> yeah. really weird. <laughs> okay. Uh that my my movie for you is gonna be Promising Young Women. Okay. Woman? Woman. Okay. And that's Carrie Mulligan, who's one of my favorites. And it's a really different movie than anything that's really been out there. Okay. And out of out of all the Oscar picks of last year, both Jack and I said it was in our top like one or two. Did Mine, it, it was my top one. I think it might have been your two, but it was up. It was definitely in like the. It was definitely a top five. Yeah. So that okay. will be mine. I'll report and, back, and then you'll report back next week. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and we're back. We're back from break. Well, we had to get Meg out of the room. I hope you enjoyed those commercials. Yeah. (laughs) Our sponsors. Our sponsors (laughs) or the three seconds of silence. Right. Yeah. Um, That was fun. I didn't know we were doing this before. So. Well, we had talked about it like a few weeks ago. Well, I knew the idea was coming. Yeah. But I didn't know. It was happening today. Surprise. Yeah. No, I liked it. No, I like it's It's good, right? For her too. And just. It's fun if we give her challenges like we used to do for each other. We used to have challenges. So. Uh, I still have a list on my phone. Like whenever. This is done? W- one day we we probably will finish this. What? That'd be crazy. Then then I still have a bunch of movies that I'm pretty sure you hadn't have watched. Oh. Haven't watched. Okay. That I can still give to you. Okay. Well, I'm going to start making a list too then. Just, just to be prepared. Because I mean, if you look at the board, we're. We're getting there. It is. It is pretty close. It's pretty close. Even when you look just at our little th- our little glass thing with all the numbers in it, it doesn't look like there's much left. Mm-hmm. Maybe by the end of the year, January, uh, I, February. It's kind of kind of hard. hard to make a guess on that. All right, I'd say January would yeah. be my guess because especially we're doing two a week. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, I guess I didn't really do an intro at the beginning, so. For the rest of this, I guess we'll mm-hmm. talk about our two top 100 movie challenges, yes. and then we're going to talk about some movie mysteries. Mm-hmm. This is sleuth hats. This was uh, I liked it. It was interesting for sure. It was hard to know what questions have and haven't been answered because, like, sometimes, like even uh, b- 
before I guess we talk about the movies, we should talk about how we saw the Eternals. Yes. And my transition between them is like the Eternals had uh like well they had like three post credit or like three credit scenes and one of them I mean they showed who the person was not gonna say who it was don't want to spoil that but there's another one when there's a voice off screen and you don't know who it is but the director herself confirmed Mm -hmm. who it was oh okay so it's it's one of those like I walked out of the I walked out of the theater mad because I didn't know who that voice was and that once it was confirmed it was like okay it's this character we knew was coming, but we didn't know how or when. Oh, okay. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Do you want me to tell you? No, just in case people want to see Eternals. So, yeah, if you get to that post credit scene with Kit Harrington, you can, you won't know as you're watching, so they don't show the character, but the director did confirm whose voice it was. Okay, cool. Um, it, in terms of Eternals, is there anything you wanted to mention? Um, I wasn't. Both of you and I were a little underwhelmed by it. Um, it's bad. Like, I don't want to ever bash the Marvel Universe because I love it. But it just wasn't one of my favorites, I would say, right? And um, I don't know if it's because we don't know the characters like maybe I love those other movies because I've gotten to know those characters like when you get to Infinity War you've seen them so many times and stuff but for me I found the storyline a bit confusing like I was a little bit confused by things um there were lots of aspects I loved about it and then there were like yeah I don't know what yeah um I guess overall I didn't have high expectations so I guess I can't be disappointed if I wasn't expecting much. I just, I find it hard at this point to add in these characters. And also for me, when you look at like the power of them and how they get their power, like it doesn't seem like realistic to have them in the MCU. Right. And it has their powers are just so overpowering. Well, and I liked the one question of like, well, why didn't you come and help with Thanos was here? Like if you're so, well, that they did explain that they were I know. They were told not to, not like to. they were not allowed to. They weren't allowed to. I know. But there's just certain things that I was like, come on. Well, they they even like the characters have that battle themselves. Like of, with the humans. You want to help the humans. Yeah, for sure. And there's Marley's appearance. Yeah. Click, just, clack, click, clack. Yeah. She likes to be with her mommy. She does. She also likes making podcast appearances. Yes, yeah, she does. <laughs> That's usually just when dad forgets to close the door. Yeah. Okay, go. <laughs> go on. Good girl. No, she can't get out now. Because she can't. Back it up. Back it up. Aww. You got it. It's so sad watching her sometimes now. She's oh. an old girl. She is. Um. Yeah. No, I don't really have yeah. that much else to say. No. It's still worth a watch. It's still going to be a, it's oh, still a part no. of this it, universe. I mean, it's still super entertaining. It's just not one of those like, oh my God, that was amazing. I think I could see it as one of those movies that gets better over time because we'll get to see these characters more. That's what I need. I need to like be a little more invested in the characters. Like I just find, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like to, I like to get to know. I like, I like characters to permeate with me a little bit. So big word. I know Chuck, I'm super smart. <laughs> All right, let's get into our top 100 movie challenge. We're going to start with 2001, Spirited Away, directed by Hio Miyazaki. Mm-hmm. Uh, it tells the story of Chihiro as she must save her parents after they are turned into pigs. Yes. 
um, at an abandoned amusement park with su- supernatural beings. This is an anime, too. Anime. anime. I don't know if I've ever seen an anime movie before. So Probably not. This was exciting in the way of, like, I love broadening my horizons. Um, I did very much enjoy the movie. I didn't always know what was going on. Um, and I did find it a little long, but I find my attention span is not as good as it used to be. Um, I found her in the beginning a little whiny. The character was a bit whiny, but... Ten-year-old child. But I understood because I was like, okay, well, her parents are moving her, whatever. I found her parents a little mean to her, too, and, like... When they were when they were parents, not pigs. Yeah, like they were kind of mean. They were like, "Let's go!" Like they're whatever. But I loved. Um, yeah, visually, it's beautiful. Like I thought it was really well done. No. Um, and then I was reading stuff on it, and it was saying like it's kind of going through her her um, going through the stages of loss or grief, right? Because she's getting moved. And they were saying like that's kind of like in that what she was in that state she was in the stage of anger at the time so that's kind of why she was like more of the whiny and stuff but she really grew as a character because mm-hmm. of everything she had to do to save her parents right yeah even though her parents weren't great to her like she was still she gets this job that has to just to save them yeah and is like working for the big bad it's um it's scary though like for like this is not a kids movie no. No, it's not. Like, it's scary a little bit. And, like, it's it's disturbing. or Not disturbing. What is the word? It's, like, I don't know. It's... Um, Frightening? Yeah, maybe. Like, when, you know, when she's in the big pillow with that big baby. And I don't know. Like, there's moments where I would... If I were a kid, I'd be pretty scared of that. Yeah, definitely wouldn't have watched this in 2001. No. Also wouldn't have... I'd... I'm surprised it got as good a reception as it did. I thought it would be a movie over time that people would appreciate more. Right, right. But like right from the get-go, everyone's like, yeah, this is one of like the best movies ever made. Wow, yeah. Um, So it was the high- highest grossing movie in Japan mm-hmm. until 2020. Wow. I yeah. forget the name of the movie that took over for it, but it was released in 2020. Okay. So for 18, 19 years... It wasn't Minari. No, what was that one? No, it I don't, it was like it, it was matter. like a different anime. Oh, okay. Um, it's the only Japanese film ever to win best animated film. Mm. It's kind of a category that's always been dominated by Disney and Pixar. Yeah, yeah. Pick your poison there. Um, there's a lot to me. It was the attention to detail of not only the animation but also every character that you see is there for a reason. Mm-hmm. They have their it's. Like this movie is a lot about Japanese culture, folk, uh, folklore, um, mythology, whether pre-existing or well, I should I should just say pre-existing because everything that's used in this film Miyazaki took from something else. Right, right. He didn't create anything for this movie. Right. He, he used like to... didn't make anything up. Yes. Um. Uh. There's a stage production planned. Oh yeah. Yeah, I thought it's it's in Japan, but like I still, I thought it's interesting to do this on a uh, like as mm-hmm. a play. That'd be really cool to see, like somebody like Julie Tamar, and she's the one that did Lion King. Like she's got that vision that I think would work for something like this, where she has like you just need someone with a really good vision because I think it'd be very visually pleasing to see it on stage if they do it properly. Yeah, right? it, like, it's hard because it's it is such a 
visually spectacular movie mm-hmm. that it'd be hard to translate all of that onto the stage. For sure. But I think it could be done. Yeah. like For the, what they do nowadays. Yeah. The set design that people have in the costumes, like, because I think it was supposed to be this year, but now it's planned for next year. I, I think they would be taking their time to make sure they do it right. Yeah. Right. Um... Uh, I guess a few of the themes like this that I caught, like the supernaturalism mm-hmm. where they cross over this bridge and that's kind of from one world to the other. Right. Uh, obviously the fantasy yeah. of like the pigs, which mm-hmm. even the pigs, like um, people are saying like it's about greed and consumerism. For like, sure. It's a like it, it would for a movie that's supposed to be like a fun kind of story it does have a lot of oh, these like it has deeper a lot of meanings. depth for sure and that is exactly when her parents were just over there eating and eating and eating that's exactly what i thought of it's just like we can, we're just never satisfied we're always like we want more and more and more right as a society especially us like in the western world like yeah. i think it was a call on western like consumerism specifically for sure um environmentalism mm-hmm. like it's just it's a movie like japanese culture that's kind of those, those are all the ones I had but like it just it does such a good job of teetering every line where it doesn't feel like it's pandering to anything right yeah no it's great no that's exactly it, it's kind of hard to talk about like the actual we were, movie we were itself. both like I don't know how we're going to talk about the, both our movies this week are a little bit hard to talk about so we're both like oh it's gonna be it's gonna be dicey because we're not really sure like it's just one of those ones it's like you have to see it like it's yeah, it, as much as we can say, go see it. Just watch it for yourself, and then you can understand why. Not that we're at a loss for words, but it is, it's hard to explain, but once you watch it, you get it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Because I was like, what is this one? I thought it was the horse movie, and you're like, no, this is the anime movie. So I was like, oh, okay, fun, right? And I, I think it, the horse one is just spirit. Okay, well, you know, sometimes I get confused, Jack. <laughs> yeah, so I think people should watch it. It was pretty cool. For just just to see if you, especially if you've never seen an anime movie, this is the one you should see. It is a good entrance into what that what the world is like. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And Very talented. It is. They are. Everyone that worked on it. Yes. Um, we go from a movie you have to watch to understand to a movie you can watch <laughs> and still, still not, not understand, understand it. To this day, I've now watched this movie twice. Yeah. And I still don't get it. Okay, so we'll set it up. So it's 2000, 2000's Memento, directed by Christopher Nolan. Um, it tells the story of Leonard Shelby, um, who suffers from antegrade amnesia. And for those who don't know, it's the inability to make future memories. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's hunting for the man he thinks killed his wife and must use or, and uses uh, notes and tattoos to help him remember. Although and it's every like 15 minutes. Polaroids. He- Yes, and the pictures. Polaroids is our big one because he'll he'll take a picture of someone, put their name on it, and then on the back, it's like what it is. So how the movie is set up is, first of all, you see the – in the beginning, you see the ending of yeah. the story. Yes. Okay. So then they go – the way it's set – the way it is, it is um, um, given to us is – pretty cool so what they do is so it's in color and that is the end of the story and then it'll go to a black and white scene and then it would be technically the scene right before that ending scene so like they, they kind of go it goes it goes starts it, and the beginning of the movie starts at the end and it works its way back but in chronological order backwards 
And then every, and how they break it up though, is they do this black and white scene of yeah. him in a hotel. They alternate between the black and white and the color scenes. And it, it's kind of the easiest way I thought to explain it is it's kind of two storylines, the black and white versus the color. Right. And they're telling the story in opposite directions and they ultimately meet not at the end, but it's towards the towards end. the end. Yeah. And what it does is it keeps you on your toes because you're not, well, first of all, you're never really sure what's going on because it is Christopher Nolan. So he likes to challenge our brains. And that's what I was thinking about when I was watching it is every now and then it is so nice to have a movie that challenges you and it's just not laid out on a silver platter for you. He definitely makes you really, you have to pay attention. You have to like, you have to think about what he's doing and there's reasons for it. Um, and then there's, yeah, he just he, he knows how to make a good movie, I think. He just it is confusing because because you think you have it figured out when they give you that snippet, then they go to a black and white scene and then it's a new snippet that happened before that other one and it changes everything for you because then you're like, "Oh, okay, maybe they're not good people or maybe that's yeah, why are we getting that person?" And, you know? Yeah, I would call it the ultimate movie that you have to pause and rewind. Right. Because you have to, I mean, if you're watching it with someone, then it's easier to pause and talk about it because it's ultimately going to get you nowhere because you're you're not going to be able to figure it out. I, To be honest, I, I like, no, I'm not even going to pretend that I know what happened. I don't know exactly what happened at what point of the story. What's right. I what's, know, what's real. Yeah. Like what really happened? Because. We have what he thinks happened, but he also has amnesia. So, and then he writes stuff down because I will say the one scene where he's got that cop that's pretty much with him the whole time and he writes down like, so he's telling him the story and then he has this Polaroid of him and he's like, don't trust him. He lies. But the scene I just saw, I'm like, he wasn't lying though. So that's kind of what catapulted the whole like he really thought it was this guy was lying to him. And I, I don't think he was when it all started, but I don't know. It's, it's a fascinating Christopher Nolan knows how to, he knows how to give you a good movie, mm-hmm. a hard movie. After watching the movie, I watched, there's an interview with Christopher Nolan describing how the structure of the movie works. And that's how I got to the two. He called it, no, it's not a horseshoe, but it kind of looks like a sideways horseshoe okay. between and he separated the black and white and the color. And he's like, so yeah, we're alternating between the black and white and color. And he's like, so the story, it's it's here. But then if you go to this side, there's actually some backstory that we don't even show in the movie that exists. And you're like, how how does this make sense? And for him, he's explaining it so easily. And he has this blackboard and it's just covered in just randomness. Right. I wonder if they shot it how they shot it. I wonder if they shot it in chronological order and then in editing mixed it up or if they, you know what I mean? Like as an actor, I would think I would want it to be in chronological order just so you're evolving as the character. But I think you would want, especially for Guy Pearce, who is amazing in this role. Oh, so good. I feel like I would want it out of order because Mm. even... If, if it was that way, he's disoriented. The crowd, the mm-hmm. audience is disoriented. That's why it works is because usually with movies, you're like, oh, okay, so I know what's happening and I know more than the main character. But in this scenario, you don't. Yeah. 
No, you're right. You, you don't, don't know less. You don't, you don't know. know more. You know the exact same amount. And sometimes that... not even that much. <laughs> sometimes you're like, I don't even know what's happening right it, now. It, it fluctuates. Yeah. The story evolves. Not not only the storyline evolves, but your knowledge evolves because you don't know. Because then you're thinking, okay, wait, did this happen before this? And you right. basically need one of those like cork boards, which he has in the movie, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like, he does. It's like, like a, you, a map thing or something, right? Like you needed to figure out, okay, wait, did this happen before this? And you yeah. have to like move stuff around before ultimately finding out the actual chronological order. Yeah. And there's people in it that you're wondering, are they taking advantage because he knows, because they know he can't remember? Because there's one scene where he's spoken to quite meanly, like it's really harsh and mean, but they're like, well, you won't remember anyway. And they use the R word a lot and. It's pretty like, oof, that was rough. I forgot what the girl's like the girl's name in the in the actual movie Natalie. is. Natalie. Natalie. And the, so it's basically like Natalie and then there's Teddy. Yes. That's kind of it. And there's the Dodd guy or whatever. Yeah. And then there's and but then there's the like Sammy Jenkins and then he's looking right, for Right, which John is that G. even a real story? Like, right? When he's telling it, it's like was that even a real story because yeah, we find out maybe it wasn't a real story, but maybe it was. It could have definitely been. It also might not have been. <laughs> it's a good mystery. It is. It is a great mystery. Um, a couple of people that were up for this role besides Guy Pierce, Brad Pitt, which I feel like he would have said no because he would have just like Fight Club would have been coming out just before mm, that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it'd be hard to do both those movies. A little too typecasty, summary or whatever. It's got yeah. Another one, and I, I don't think Brad Pitt would have worked for this i just don't think he i think he's too i don't want to say too handsome to be mean to guy pierce but i feel like guy pierce and another person that was up for it aaron eckhart are very like mm. everyday man and i feel like aaron eckhart could have worked i like yeah. what, we, what we got with guy pierce yeah but i feel I like too. in an alternate universe if that's what happened i don't think we would be too upset no i think that could have worked for sure he's a really good actor so um, also, I, I took this quote from the... Did I say how long the video was? No. It was 17 minutes oh. of him explaining the movie. Wow. Um, he then says... It basically ends the in this interview he's doing with the opening shots of the whole movie. Oh. <laughs> okay. Like, Great. Awesome. So yeah. I'll just watch that. <laughs> just watch that and there we go. Yeah. There's a car. Car driving. Car is driving. Hmm. Um, yeah. I, I think that's all I got. And I think it's a good transition because I think... It is the greatest movie mystery because I think the movie itself is a mystery. Yes, I agree. Yes. And now we're going to talk about mysteries. This is a hard one because I knew what I wanted to talk about, but I didn't know how to like kind of Google it to give me things because it kept giving me movie mysteries, like movies that are of like have are their genre genre is a mystery. And I'm like, no, no, no. I want to know like anyways, we'll get into it. We'll tell you what we think what we're you know if you want to do you want to do one um i'll let you do one first because i know there's one in particular that isn't like isn't like i don't even want to like just do the loss in translation because i know that's one of your so loss in translation again one of my most favorite movies would be definitely in my top 10 and so when we get to know bill murray and uh, scarlett johansson 
uh, th- throughout the whole movie or whatever. They have this like really beautiful friendship. And then at the end, they're saying goodbye to each other on a street and he whispers in her ear. And I guess, I guess Sophia Coppola is like, she didn't realize that it was going to be such a big thing, but everybody lost their minds saying they want to know what he said. And then once people started losing their minds, they kept it even more of a secret, but she left it very ambiguous to him. Like she was like, there was no lines for him. It was just do what you think kind of the character. So he is Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson are very like, that was between us and our characters and they will not give it up. And there's part of me that loves that because I'm like, it is between their characters and I love their characters so much that I'm okay with having that as a mystery, but it is, it does make me wonder what, what was said because, because of their, their French, their, whatever they had, their chemistry, I don't, chemistry isn't even the right word because it needs to be bigger than that. But because of whatever they shared and how they got to know each other, I just, there's part of me that would just love to know what he said. But then I don't want it to get ruined, right? So you want to know, but you don't want to yes. know. Yes, exactly, Jack, because I'm a girl. That's the way girls work. Two answers at once. Yes. Um, one of my, I guess I'll go with one of my favorite movies, The Departed. And I n- never thought about this being a mystery, but there is this, because it's uh, uh, Vera Farmiga, right? Yeah. Is, is Matt Damon's girlfriend in the movie, and then DiCaprio's character starts sleeping with her, and there's some subtle hints that damon's character can't perform in the bedroom and yes so now we have this like who it basically turns into maury povich if you yep. don't think about it, if or if you think about it too much who's the baby daddy yeah and it's just it's one of those to me because then she s- tells like her boyfriend which is matt damon like oh yeah i'm pregnant so clearly she's not too afraid i i still if i had to pick i would say it's dicaprio me too that's what i always say too it also seemed like they just had a better relationship yeah, I think it's like you want it to be him because he was a better guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's I mean, part of they you. Both won't. They both weren't great. No, but I think he was at least trying. DiCaprio was trying to do the right thing. The other yeah. guy became a police officer so he could narc out, like, what they're doing. Like, be a, a mole. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's part of me that's like, I hope it was DiCaprio's because he's, I don't know. He was a good guy. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Better. Better. Still not great, though. My turn? Yeah. Okay. So another one I have was in The Breakfast Club. Um, in The Breakfast Club, John Bender, played by Judd Nelson, is crawling through the air ducts, and he's telling this joke, and it goes, A naked blonde walks into a bar carrying a poodle under one arm and a six-foot salami under the other. The bartender says, So I don't suppose you'd be needing a drink? The blonde says, And then he crashes through the floor. So we never get the end of that joke. And it's just been always one of those things of like, I wonder what the joke was. I don't know. Just one of those things in a movie that they don't, they don't end for you. And you just are curious about, well, what's the ending of that joke, right? Is there not an ending? No. I feel like it's one of those, like they people, probably just made it up. Like, like they people, made up. yeah, people have been saying things, but there's no co- confirmation Con- yeah. of like John Hughes saying like, this is the end of the joke or whatever, right? I feel like there isn't an end to it. You don't think so? Sorry. <coughs> no. I, I feel like if, because He's they really, clearly set it up because he was going to fall, fall because through. it was going to be cut off. Yeah. It's really funny the way he says it too, because he's kind of like giggling as he like, and he's just like that cool guy, right? So he's like going through the air ducts and the way he like pauses in the right spots and he kind of gig like he's just so good. And then all of a sudden it's like the blonde says, boom, and then he crashes through 
the door or whatever, or the ceiling. So we never get the end of that joke. That's mine. Um, I mean, I put down almost seven. Seven was almost that way. Yeah, what's in the box? It kind of... I wonder if it would have been better if it if they didn't answer it, if they didn't show what was inside the box. I don't know if they show it, do they? Oh, maybe I was plugging my wash, covering my eyes. Well, like we definitely know what well, was we in it. Well, we know what was in the box, but I don't know if they ever show us. Probably. Eh, I don't remember. It, it has been like a, like, I feel like I've watched so many movies in between watching that. Yeah. It would be cool if they were just like, what's in the box? And then we never really know. But then he would never. He never would have done what he did. Yes. Thank you. I was about to be like, he wouldn't have done. And then I was like, oh, don't do it. Don't give it away. One one opening that we don't get the answer to is Pulp Fiction. Yes. We have this briefcase. And honestly, it's one of those. I as as more and more people talk about it, I've started to care about it less because yeah. to me, not the Tarantino would ever answer it or say, oh, this is what was in it. I don't think he even knows what was in it. No, I think he literally was just like, I'm putting a shining light in this because there was there was rumors or stuff that it was supposed to be like diamonds, diamonds or yeah. radioactive something. Someone was there was a theory that it was uh, Marcellus's soul. I know. That was so dumb. Eh? There's a lot of dumb stuff out there to me. Just let it be like literally it's so good. The uh, Family Guy episode that I always tell you to watch, they use that. Like he opens this briefcase that's flashing, and he's just like oh, that, and <laughs> they end the episode right. and that sequence that way. I'm like, that's perfect. Just let it be ambiguous. Yeah, for sure. Well, they say like, I read um, what what me what matters in that brief briefcase is what starts the whole like it is enough that it's precious enough for everyone to provide them like motivation for everybody to do all the characters to do what they have to do. So it doesn't really matter what it is. It's just one of those things where as a viewer, you're like, but now I want to know what it is. And I I heard he did say Tarantino say, I'm going to say it's diamonds. And then for some reason he was just like, you know what? I'm not, it doesn't matter. It's enough that these people are now motivated. It's this flashing gold light that is just, if you look at it, you know, I guess it's you know what it is or you know how much how much it's worth. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, the Shining I also had. Well, well yeah, because you have the photograph and I'm pretty sure it was Stanley Kubrick that said it, he's a reincarnation right. of the caretaker. Yeah, I know. But it was like he was the photograph was like in the 1920s. So it's like was you know, was it really him? Like, right. It's one of those, like, I, and it's not one of the big ones for me, but it was one that I was like, yeah, I guess that's definitely one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did write it down. I did write that one. Yeah. Down. Yeah. Um, um, Inception. Inception is probably the best way to start. It probably would have been the best way to start this. Right. One right. Because you have this, that's Christopher Nolan too, isn't it? Yeah, probably. Um, you have this story that the whole t- once you get introduced to the spinning top, it's okay. This is this is our visual cue uh, or clue of are we in a dream? Yeah. Are we in real life? And the movie ends with it spinning. It's it kind of it does start to quiver a little. To me, I think it leaves the story better if it is a dream and it's still spinning. Okay. Um, and then they did say he wasn't wearing his wedding ring, right? So yeah. they thought that was evidence that 
and like his kids were really young even though he'd been gone for a while yeah I don't know. Again, it's one of those things that just leaves it up in the air, which is kind of it's sometimes fun to just oh, challenge. To me, it's definitely better if they. I don't want that all question. movies like that, though. Yeah. You know, no. only certain movies can get away with that where it works. But I don't want to see a whole bunch of movies where I always have to come up with my own theory because then it just bugs me. Because I'm like, listen, I'm not a filmmaker. I'm not that imaginative. So just tell me. Yeah. But I don't need it on a silver platter all the time. It depends on the movie. And I think the movies that do it, it works really well for them. Right. Like the Pulp Fiction, the inside the loss in translation like I think it works in in their favor but I just wouldn't want I don't want everyone to start doing it do you know yeah I'm like let those movies be those movies yeah that's all I actually have for mine like I don't I don't have any more um uh, castaway in the FedEx box yeah I read that one too yeah what's in the what's in the box (laughs) what's in the box uh from the dark night which we're gonna get Meg to watch where where did Joker scars actually come from? Right. Because he tells the story about his dad doing it. Then he tells the story about himself doing it. It's obviously something we don't get the answer to, but right. why it's one of those, like you're the Joker. Why are you telling white lies? Like, why wouldn't you actually explain? Like, I feel like it has to be one of those two, either his dad did it or he did it to himself. Right. But it also could just be from someone else. That's what I was thinking. Or that's what I was going to say. Or it could have been just like a kid did it to him. Or do you know what I mean? Like maybe he makes up those stories in his head because he doesn't want to deal with the real truth or something. And so he has all these stories that he tells or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, American Psycho. Oh, yes. How much of what he did was real because they really they brought you on a journey to be like, um, yeah, no, like I had I had dinner with Paul Allen in London like twice right. a couple weeks ago. And you're like, but, but Paul Allen was Jared Leto and he died. Very died. Very. And so then, he's not going to make it out of that. And then it's this like crazy ending where he's like shooting cops and there's explosions and it's like so over the top. And as he's saying, I did all this and you hear him once you hear him like kind of say everything out loud, you're like. Okay, but how much of this was? Yeah. How much of it did he do? Yeah, I know. I would guess probably not much. That's what I was going to say. Probably 10% maybe. I believe he had the, like the hooker stuff. I think he liked yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and filming and, you know, when he's talking to the camera and stuff like that. Like, I'm going to say, yeah, like that kind of stuff. But any of the killing stuff, I'm going to say no. No. I think that's just what he wanted to do. That was his brain being like, this is what I want to do, but I can't do it. Uh, the Shining, we said V for Vendetta, I thought was cool of just like who was V. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because there was one story about a girl named Valerie that was lesbian. So like Valerie V, maybe that oh, could be okay. the connection. But I also like that they didn't have to do like because he was, I guess they, I guess it is. A, yeah. They were burned. So it's not a recognizable person. Right. And I just like the thought of V, V is... Like everyone. Yeah. Everyone that's oppressed is V. Right. Or could be with the right motivation. And is that, so is that mask called the anonymous or something? Yeah. Okay. Meg and I were talking about it the other day and I was like, oh, it's from, she showed it to me. I'm like, oh, that's from V from Vendetta. And she goes, no, it's called the anonymous mask. Anyways, we had this whole thing and I was like, not really sure, but that's okay. Could be both. Yeah. Um, The usual suspects, I know we get the reveal of the reveal yes but verbal's telling the story mm-hmm. how much of the because he's going through a lot of details and we get flashes like into these stories 
how much of this, like, how much of his stories were actually real? Right. Because then when you look at the board behind Chaz Palmerini, I don't know what his name is in the show, but it's, it is just like he's basically read stuff off of there and made up names and stuff. So it's like, how was any of that real? Or it's the same thing as the other movie we were just talking about, like Psycho, right? Is that how much of it actually happened? Yeah. Um, I found this one fascinating because it, it's a movie we could be watching as soon as next week. But uh, well, I, I wrote down Westworld and Blade Runner because it's kind of dealing with the same like robots versus humans kind of thing. And it's so amazing to me that even after the two movies they did, so Ridley Scott did the original in 1982, I'm pretty sure. And then uh, Denny Villeneuve did the 2017 version right and ridley scott and harrison ford still disagree on which role like if he's uh replicant or not oh okay so they still disagree on it right right so i i think that that's just really cool that it's even so cool the, the person that made the movie and the person that starred as a character <laughs> Are, can't agree on no. what the answer is that's amazing i love that yeah that's really fun um uh fight club just because like the half the narrator Jack, like we don't talk about fight club half the narrator is tyler but like is there another half of the right narrator? yeah for sure uh mission impossible 3 the rabbit's foot oh yeah because they never exactly say what it is right it's just more of oh we gotta get the rabbit's foot gotta get the rabbit's foot what is the rabbit's foot it could be a lot of different things yeah good for you you got a lot um and then my last one was birdman right because at the end he jumps out of the window and you think he's Birdman, but are we sure he's Birdman or does he just fall in the middle of the street? Right. Yeah. No. That's that's good. That's such a good movie. I think Meg would like that one too because it's very Again, uh, actor. I think that's at least we know now we have to go actor heavy with movies like her. That and it, for her. yeah, it's we're not looking at like she's not watching movies for like the enjoyment like we do. She's looking at it like she wants to see good performances type thing right she's yeah. not like story driven or whatever she wants to just see good acting and yeah so yeah all right let's get into our movie challenge for next week i have number 74 uh that is one of the ones we x'd out that i forgot to take out oh okay Donnie oh, Darko. Look at this. 17 number 17 the Lion King. I was, thought it said La La Land, but The oh, Lion King. The Lion King. Which you have to watch the live or, or live action one. Or live action. Right. The not animated one. I did. When we did like actual movie challenges. I know. I liked it. Back in those days. Back, back 40, 50 episodes ago. Now that we're on episode 61. 61. Whoop, whoop. All right. I have number 84, which is Requiem for a Dream. Oh, boy. That you could not be more opposite ends of a spectrum. You have like a kid's movie and then one of the most. That movie's got some pretty disturbing scenes in it, but it's got some good acting. So it'd be fun. <laughs> Again, it, it is good that we always get these contradictory movies. I thought that one week, though, that we had the two war movies was crazy. Like, I, that's funny when those things happen, but I'd rather have uh, like. If it's going to be a heavy movie, I'm happy that we have Lion King as like kind of the backup. So yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, I guess besides that, you got anything else? I got nothing else. All right. Then besides that, we'll see you next time. Bye.